What books have you been reading? Oh, so I was reading The Broken Way by Anne Voskamp. Have you heard of that? No. What's it about? Um, it's about like embracing the broken way to experience God's love, to embrace and encompass God's love. But in order to do that, you have to take the broken way. It's super emotional and like really deep. Um, yeah, that was one of the books that I was reading to prepare. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the MGC Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Amy Akita. She has been on a personal journey growing closer to God, and she is here today to talk to us a little bit about that journey and share with us some of the wisdom that she has learned along the way. We are going to be talking about Psalm 63, and growing a relationship with God. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man's love may fail, but God's love will never fail. And he's always there for you. Like I know some relationships can fall apart, they can drift, but God's relationship, you hold the key. Like you have the control, which is just kind of amazing because it's always going to be mutual if you're the one opening up your heart to him. How did reading 1 Samuel change the way that you saw Psalm 63? Oh yeah, because I read the Psalm first and then I found out through Blue Letter Bible um, that it's connected to 1 Samuel. And then when I read that, I was like, wow, like, Imagine being in the middle of nowhere where you can't feel God's presence and you've heard of these promises, but you haven't seen any of the promises because, you know, he's been anointed as king, right? He hasn't seen the promises fulfilled. Like, imagine what, how would I react? How would I respond? How would I go through that? So it made me deeply like empathetic to how David was feeling in that moment. The fact that he was able to praise God That was like mind-blowing. How did David's relationship with God impact how he responded to his circumstances? There's this phrase that describes David a lot. And the phrase is, David was a man after God's own heart. Like he was a human who was after God's own heart. And I can see that throughout 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, Whenever he goes through a challenge or a battle, the first thing he inquires of the Lord, he asks the Lord. And it's like a relationship full of love, founded, like just completely in awe of who God is. And I think that impacted the way that he dealt with the circumstances he was able to praise. Psalm 63 reads, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. 
In verse 4, David says, I will bless you. As in, David is going to bless God. What does blessing mean that not only can God do it to us, but we can do it to him? In the Old Testament, whenever God blesses Israel, it's always in the context of presence or faithfulness. God blesses Israel by being with them. God blesses Abraham by being faithful to his promise. In the same way, that's what it means for us to bless God. It means to make ourselves available to him as he has made himself available to us. It means making ourselves present to him as he is present with us. It is keeping our word to him as he keeps his word to us. Like David, we can bless God by simply making ourselves available to him. And this is how we build our relationship with God. You have said that it is important to set ourselves apart. Why is that so important when developing a relationship with God? Hmm. Okay, when you asked that question, I immediately, my mind just went into the book of Leviticus and Numbers. And those are the books of laws. Like it's just law after law about purification, about forgiveness and, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just books of laws. And while I was reading that, I was like, wow, God has set so many laws. And it kind of, I got the impression like he's such a strict fatherly figure. But that was a wrong interpretation of my in my part because when I really read into God's heart, he set those laws so that he could dwell with the Israelites. Because the Israelites coming out of Egypt, they were dwelling in evil, right? And God hates evil. God can't dwell in evil because he's just so holy. And so that's why he set these laws. And I think being set apart from the world is there so that God can really dwell in us that we can really fully experience God's glorious presence. What does praying God into our lives so we aren't conformed to this world look like? Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay. Okay. So to me, the most powerful prayer is the most honest prayer and conforming to the pattern of this world. Like I first, when I first started reading into that, I had to be, I had to pray so that I could be made willing to not conform. So I asked God, I don't want, well, actually I do want to, but I need to be made willing to not want to conform. And then after that, I asked God, well, what is the pattern, the thoughts, the actions of this world that I'm, I'm doing and asking God, and then, you know, just praying that I won't be able to do that anymore. For anyone wondering, how can they practically set their lives apart? What advice would you give them? So the book that I mentioned earlier, The Broken Way by Anne Voskamp, she mentions the definition of idolatry. And any idol 
when you experience that idolization, it will break and it will slash you. So if doing an activity, as for example, Pinterest, let's say, just a social media, (laughs) after scrolling through Pinterest, I can feel not creative enough, not enough in general, not pretty enough after, you know, scrolling through social media, that slashes and breaks me. So I have an idol that needs to be slashed and breaking. And Pinterest is my idol, was my idol. And so I think evaluating what is it that you're treasuring? What is it that you're putting it in your heart? You know, what you see, if it's light, then it'll be in you. If you see darkness, then darkness will be in you. So evaluating what is it? What is my idol? that needs to be slashed and broken down and then praying and literally just cutting it out is I think a practical way to live set apart. I love what you're saying because in Matthew chapter six, verse 19, Jesus says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, but lay for yourself treasures in heaven. And then in verse 24, he goes on and says, no one can serve two masters. And then in the next verse, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. And when you listen to that progression that Jesus has just gone through, don't lay treasures on earth. You can't serve two masters for do not worry about your life. You see that all of this is connected because if you lay treasures here on earth, then that's where your worry is going to be. And your worry cannot be on earth and in heaven at the same time. That's why Jesus says no one can serve two masters. Like Jesus doesn't say you will not serve two masters. No, he's saying you cannot. Like it's impossible. Just as you cannot be both inside and outside at the same time, you cannot serve two masters at the same time. And where our treasure is, that is where our worry is going to be. So if we have idolized money, then that's where our worry is going to be. If we idolize fame, then that's where our worry is going to be. And the thing is that whenever we idolize these things, they're never enough. So if we idolize money, we're never going to have enough money. If we idolize fame, then we're never going to have enough fame. If we idolize how intelligent we are, then we're always going to feel like the dumbest person in the room and we're just about to be found out. If we idolize beauty, then we're never going to be beautiful enough. But when we remove the idol and put God back into focus, he becomes enough. And our worry is shifted from this earth to heaven. And when our focus is there, when our worry is there, we find ourselves completely at peace. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's a powerful transition because God is abundantly enough. Yeah. I like that. I like that. How do we feast on God in front of others? And what does that mean And how does that look? Feasting on God, it literally just means being transformed by spending time in God's glorious presence. And when you spend time with him and when you abide in God's love, you can't help but want to share that love with other people. So like really just expressing, you know, through compliments, through smiles, through just acts of 
sacrificial, you know, acts of love after another. You just, you know, God is all things good. So I feel like feasting on God is so easy. It's just getting to that place where we can feast on God is what's challenging and hard. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking right now of many different people who would say, well, building a relationship with God is difficult because he's not human. So how is building a relationship with God different from building a relationship with a human? And how is it similar? Man's love may fail, but God's love will never fail. And he's always there for you. Like I know some relationships can fall apart. They can drift, but God's relationship, you hold the key. Like you have the control, Um, which is just kind of amazing because it's always going to be mutual if you're the one opening up your heart to him. And then how is it similar? Okay. I wrote this verse down. First John 4, 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And it's similar because we can, we can share God's perfect love with each other. Yeah. In your experience, how has building a relationship with God grown you as a person? So many ways. So many ways. Where do I even, where do I even start? Um, Vulnerability has been a struggle for me. I am not a super vulnerable person. I'm still not. It's a constant, like intentional thing to be vulnerable um but through god's love i am willing to be broken like i'm willing to go on the path of the broken way in order for god's love to heal me which as before i would never be vulnerable i would instead be fearful to not you know accept god's love or to go in the path of the relationship with God but fear has no longer hold on me because I have Jesus Um, so vulnerability and through God's love really going after God's heart um, letting go of fear I could go on but yeah those are just some of them yeah yeah you can go on if you need to well Fear made me to repress what I most wanted. Like, I was so fearful that I couldn't go after what I most wanted, like, which was wanting God's love, but also not being able to accept it because I was fearful. Like, what if I'm not enough to express or to to encompass God's love? And his love has just overwhelmed, like, perfect love casts out fear, right? And so it just has casted out my fear and I've accepted God's love and therefore I was able to, I am able to share God's love. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
before we go, is there any wisdom you'd like to share with us? God is our rock and he is our foundation and he is for you. He's never against you. Never forget you, never cancel any of his appointments with you. He is for you. And if you're if you're searching for an answer, if you're searching for anything, you know, like love or validation or anything that's that may that's a human like desire, God is the answer. God is the answer. Go to him. <laughs> that's I guess the biggest encouragement that I could give. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today, Amy. Thank you for having me. This was this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Till next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the MGC podcast. This episode was such a blessing to find such wisdom in such a young person is so encouraging and inspirational. If you want to start developing your relationship with God, there are simple things that you can do. Set time apart, meditate, pray, journal, read your Bible and put all those things together or a combination and don't ever feel like you are stuck doing one thing or you're stuck doing something someone else does. You are free to find what works best for you. And if you are having trouble being consistent, it's okay. It's okay. It's not law. This is how relationships work. Sometimes we do good and sometimes we don't do so good. But the point is that we always keep trying to find ways to develop our relationships with God. If you want some coaching or you just need someone to talk to, feel free to reach out to me. Pastor Alex at metalglade.com. I'm eager to hear from you guys and to walk this journey with you. Till next time, my friends, grace and peace to you.